And welcome back inside the home office and welcome to this week's special edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. We welcome you to the final quarter of the NEC Women's Basketball regular season, either four or five games left for all of our teams. And these are the games that we wait all season for. High stakes, high drama. It doesn't get any bigger than this. And we have a big schedule coming up for you this week. Coming up on today's show, we'll look ahead to the games coming up this weekend. We'll pick out the top stars and we'll get a chance to chat with FDU grad student Madeline Salvaggi, who is a returning customer here on the show. She was one of our guests last year. and We're excited to have her back. All that coming up, but first, let's catch up to speed on the week that was. Here are the top headlines in our three-point shot. It was a great week to be a warrior as Merrimack appeared twice in the NEC TV spotlight, looking to continue their hot streak first in a Bay State battle against Stonehill on Thursday, and then again on Saturday afternoon back at home against the St. Francis Red Flash. Against the Skyhawks, they came down to the final moments, but what warrior game hasn't come down to the final moments this year? With the game tied at 67, Jamie DeCesare drives the baseline, finds Kaylee Thomas open in the corner, and Kiki drills the three to put the Warriors ahead with 47 seconds to spare. On the next Stonehill possession, Emily Bermonte came up empty on a three that would have tied it. Merrimack made all their free throws down the stretch to earn the season sweep of Stonehill 78-71 to was the final. Then about 48 hours later, Merrimack was back on their home court Hamill Court for the first time in almost a month as they played host to SFU. It was a team that they only beat by two points just the week before in Loretto. This was the Jamie DeCesare show as she was sharper than a set of Ginsu knives, a new career high, 28 points with six threes, her second 6-3 game of the season. She had a great play at the end of the third quarter, getting free, running the baseline in the left corner, catch and shoot to avoid the defender and connect at the buzzer. Then another three in transition in the fourth to give her the new career high. She even had a pretty pass, distributing the basketball to Ava Owens, threading the needle for the bucket and the foul in the first half. Awesome overall game in an 80-62 to 62 Warriors win. Now, Merrimack, they don't play another conference game until Saturday. So that would have been a full week off. So instead, they scheduled two non-conference games in the interim to try and keep their hot streak going. They already beat Fisher on Monday night, 81-32. to They play Hartford in non-conference action on Thursday before finally getting back to the conference schedule, a big game hosting Sacred Heart on Saturday. So from the start of that Stonehill game that we showed you earlier from last Thursday, to the game against Sacred Heart coming up this Saturday. That's a stretch of five games in a 10-day span for the Warriors. They've now won five straight, eight of their last nine, and nine out of their last 11. Well, last week at this time, we only had three 30-point individual scoring games all season in the Northeast Conference. But now, just one week later, we've doubled that total because we had three players post 30-point performances just this past week. First was Chloe Wilson. She was in beast mode for the FDU Knights, a new career high with 32 points against Central Connecticut State. The Knights started the game against CCSU on a 22-0 run. They led 26-2 after the first quarter. The second time this year, they've allowed just two points in the opening 10 minutes. Wilson helped that lead 
Uh, she had nine of the team's 26 first quarter points. She ended up as the first night to reach 30 since Lauren Francione had 33 in March of 2020 against Mount St. Mary's. Then we had both Alyssa Fisher and Tyra Myers of St. Francis, Brooklyn, each get to 30 points in the same game. Fisher had her second 30-point performance of the season with 30 against the Wagner Seahawks, while teammate first-year player Tyra Myers added 30 as well for the Terriers in an 82-74 win. Fisher and Myers became the first pair to each cross the 30-point barrier for the same team in the same game in the Northeast Conference since Allie Williams and Alexa Hayward each had over 40 points in that crazy 100 to 32, 124 double overtime playoff game between St. Francis and Sacred Heart back in March of 2014. It was a big week for big point performances. Chloe Wilson, Alyssa Fisher, Tyra Myers, all crack 30 in the Northeast Conference. So now here's how we stand with a quarter of the regular season still to go. FDU at the moment in sole possession of first place at 10 and one their best conference start in program history. They are looking to repeat as the regular season champions for the first time in program history. They can take the first step by clinching a first round home playoff game with a win on Thursday night against Sacred Heart. They are one game ahead of the Pioneers who did hand FDU their lone conference defeat so far earlier in the season. And as we mentioned, these teams play head to head on Thursday night. We'll have more on that game coming up later in the show. So Sacred Heart, nine and two, one game behind. Right behind them is St. Francis, Brooklyn. They're in third at eight and four, one game ahead of the Warriors, who with their hot stretch have moved into the top four in the standings by a half game over the Wagner Seahawks. The Warriors, they already know that in about two weeks time, they will be playing in their program's first ever NEC tournament game. And they're looking to make that their program's first ever NEC tournament home game. They'd love to do that as well. Merrimack does play St. Francis Brooklyn in the final game of the regular season two Thursdays from now, a game which should have plenty of playoff implications. Behind them, we mentioned Wagner. They've lost five in a row. They've gone from 6-0 and at the top of the standings to 6-5, and now sitting, now sitting at fifth. They're followed by St. Francis U, Central Connecticut, Stonehill, and the LIU Sharks, who we should mention got a big win over Wagner this past week. And they got an extra boost by welcoming back Amaya O'Brien, one of the preseason all-conference players. She came back in limited action off the bench. Biggie had 10 and 12 points in two games for the Sharks last week, her first games in almost a month. It's time now for the Heat Check, featuring the top three stars from this past week in NEC action. Our number three star is Nysera Pryor from Sacred Heart. Yep, once again, we welcome you back to the Nysera Pryor part of the program. You know, it seemed like it would be a tough week for Pryor to stay in our top three because Sacred Heart played only one game this past week on Thursday against SFU. So in order for Pryor to remain as one of our top three stars, she would need that one game to be a big game. And it was. The first-year guard from Maryland tallied her second double-double of the season and came within two steals of a triple-double with a 17-point, 12-rebound, eight steal game in the pioneers 68 to 34 victory over the red flash prior is now an 11 time rookie of the week too shy of the rookie of the week single season record with three weeks to go 
She also has 100 steals on the season, which is 33 shy of Fee Barron's single-year NEC record from back in the 2012 season. Our number two star is Jamie DeCesare from the Merrimack Warriors. You know, as a freshman, DeCesare, she was a sharpshooter. She burst onto the scene, draining 41 threes in her freshman year. But then her role kind of changed a little bit in the Merrimack offense. She became more of a facilitator. Now, this year, she's being asked by Coach Marone to kind of do both, be a sharpshooter, be a facilitator, and she did so this past week, helping lead the Warriors to a pair of NEC TV victories over Stonehill and St. Francis. Against the Skyhawks, she scored 13 points to go with three rebounds and four assists, but then she came out and woke up feeling dangerous on Saturday lighting up the flash with a career-high 28 points on 9-for-16 shooting with six three balls, tying a season high. DeCesare currently has 44 three-pointers this season, fourth most in the Northeast Conference. And our top star is Chloe Wilson from the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. The junior forward from Freeport, New York, sent a message this past week to the rest of the NEC that when she's 100%, when she's not in foul trouble, when she's rolling on all cylinders, she could very well be the most dominant player in the league. Showing off her explosiveness, her athleticism, Wilson recorded 20 points on Thursday against LIU before a career-high 32-point performance on Saturday against Central Connecticut State. You can't stop her. You can only hope to contain her. Wilson had nine of FDU's 26 first quarter points as the Knights jumped out to a 26-2 lead over the Blue Devils after the first 10 minutes. And then she had 17 points overall in the first half alone. Wilson averaged 26 points, six rebounds, two and a half assists in the two games this past week. And her 16.2 points per game scoring average on the season is third in the league. Her six and a half rebounding average per game stands at sixth in the league. Chloe Wilson, our top star in the league from this past week. It's time for the NEC Open Mic. And our guest this week is a returning guest from last season. She's a grad student from the first place, Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. We welcome in Madeline Salvaggi. Maddie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> you know, last year you came on right at the end of the season. And we were talking about FDU clinching the regular season title. And now you're back. The team's in first place, maybe trending in that direction. Once again, obviously, we still a lot of work to do. But uh, what's been the secret, do you think, of this year-to-year -year consistency with the program kind of picking up right where you left off? Um, I just think sticking to the basics, the fundamentals. Coach Ann's just drilling it into us, buying into our, our team's values. And year after year, um, we've bought in. And my teammates have done a great job competing every day and showing it on the court. And this year, it's no different than the other years, except this year, we're going to get it done. And, and watching you guys play, I think one, one thing that's, that's exciting is that it looks like you guys are having so much fun out there playing with each other. What, what do you like best about being a part of this team and playing with this team this year? Um, I just think, um, not that it, we didn't have this in the past, but this year, but we're like, we're a family, you know, like we walk in the locker room, making jokes like at each other right away on the court. We know it's business, but you know, like we have each other's backs no matter what. And we're just a family. And I love those girls. All my teammates were just like, we just, the chemistry is unreal this year. 
It sure seems like it. And and I asked Chloe this question a couple of weeks ago, but you had the experience of, you know, regular season title, home playoff game that didn't go your way, WNIT last year. So obviously a lot to take away from that that you can draw upon going into this year. So what did you uh, take away from that and maybe using as any motivation going into this year? Yeah, definitely the um, the home loss um, against Bryant last year. I was I was a mess. You could ask anyone. I was just I don't know if I was coming back. So I just I really wanted it last year. And I just told myself I don't want to feel that way again. You know, like I do not want to put myself. I've been in this situation for the past three years where we're so close and I just don't want to feel that way. And my teammates, there's been a few of us that have helped that way for the past three year, three few years, but we don't want to feel that way this year. So I just think just remembering that feeling since the end of last year, all throughout the summer, preseason into our season, we haven't let go of that feeling. Now, now for people who don't follow closely, or maybe they just look at the box score, they probably don't get a full grasp of what you do and how important you are to this team, you know, facilitating, rebounding, defending, communicating, all that. So, you know, which of those areas that, you know, maybe don't show up in the box score do you look at as your biggest contribution to this team? Um, it's a good question. Um, I just think um, probably my defensive um, focus. Um, normally I'm guarding the best guard in the other team. And I take that personally, like that girl scores, I'm going to take it like as like someone taking something away from me. I, I take defense very seriously and I take great pride in it. So I think definitely my defensive focus is something that doesn't always show up on the box score, maybe not in steals, but like that, I definitely take that great pride in that in my game. Now, Sacred Heart is up next on Thursday. They handed FDU their first defeat. And at this point, only defeat in conference play a couple of weeks ago. So with the rematch at hand, what, what kind of stands out to you? And what can we maybe look forward to going into this game on Thursday night? Definitely just remembering how that felt, um, them beating us. They came out and you could tell they wanted to beat us. They're a great team and they were playing great and we did not play well. Um, we turned the ball over a lot. We did not rebound. And so that's all just effort, you know, like being smart, taking care of the ball, and then also just rebounding and hustling. That just takes heart and effort. And they brought that the first game we played them and we didn't. So we just know like we've been preparing all week for them and we're ready for them. Just bring it at our, our all 100%. Yeah, we, we can't wait for Thursday night to watch that. And, and just switching gears real quick to you, you know, coach mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago, you know, you're in the nursing program right, right now. And I said on the broadcast against Wagner, if you don't see Madeline Salvaggi in class or you don't see her on the basketball court, you're not seeing Madeline Salvaggi because that's pretty much it. Is, is that pretty accurate or was I uh, off base there? No, I, I actually heard you say that when I rewatched the game and everyone, my family and stuff that watched it, they they said that you were right on the spot. You could ask my teammates, <laughs> anyone practice class and then I'm in the library. <laughs> There's not much seeing me on campus anymore. <laughs> Going to be a great nurse, great basketball player. Uh, and obviously we wish you the best of luck in, in both of those areas. And, and we'll get you out of here with these final five questions. Uh, quick hitters, first thing that comes to mind, all right? Okay. All right, favorite snack or junk food? Salt and vinegar chips. Okay. Favorite song, but favorite song that you think I would know? Because there's a lot of new stuff that I, I, don't, I might not know about. So what's your favorite song you think I would know what that is? Um girls just want to have fun 
Okay, I do know that one. Yes. There you go, classic. <laughs> um, on, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you hate it if someone calls you Madeline? Oh, uh, 10, hate it, <laughs> hate <Okay>. it, <laughs> no. <laughs> what is the best game in your mind that stands out, the best game that you've ever played with FDU? Um, best game was probably last year at Mount St. Mary's um, when we beat them at, on their home court in the regular season. Okay, and final question going, if you could go back in time to freshman year and speak to yourself as a freshman, what advice or what, what would you say to yourself? Um, just keep working hard and never give up on my dreams. And, you know, it might not be in the moment, you, everything might not be going your way, but things will change if you just keep working hard. Awesome, oh, oh great lesson. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Madeline. Best of luck to you and the Knights the rest of the way this season. Thank you so much, it was great talking to you. All right, that was Madeline, not Madeline Salvaggi, uh, joining us here for the NEC Open Mic. Thank you. History was made Saturday afternoon in Brooklyn as Wagner grad students in Aethibel became one of 22 players in the nation to record a triple-double during the 2022-2023 season when she contributed 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists for the Seahawks in their game against the LIU Sharks. Thibel secured just the third triple-double in Wagner women's basketball program history, with the first being recorded by former NEC Defensive Player of the Year, Hugo Nawaji, who had 12 points, 19 rebounds, and 13 blocks back in February of 2014 against FDU. Wagner now has three triple-doubles in program history, which is the most among all current NEC women's basketball programs. It marked the first triple-double in the Northeast Conference since Maria Roteras with FDU took on Mount St. Mary's back in January of 2021. Former NEC Player of the Year, Denia Davis-Stewart, had two triple-doubles back in the 2020 season, and Amy O'Neill and Catherine Haynes each had triple-doubles before that in 2019. So Thibel becomes the latest. She's a two-time all-conference NEC selection and she's averaging 11.7 points and four assists per game in conference play this year. Z, her historic triple-double performance against the Sharks, and its place in Northeast Conference history, the subject of this week's Stat Chat. So here we go. Three weeks left in the regular season. The playoff pushes on. Here's what's coming up on a crucial weekend on tap. It all starts Thursday. Merrimack at Hartford after defeating Fisher 81 to 32 back on Monday, the Warriors take on another non-conference opponent in Hartford. They already beat Hartford 79 to 66 back on January 21st. Kaylee Thomas had 17 points in that game. In conference action on Thursday night, Stonehill will be in Brooklyn to take on LIU. Central Connecticut State will take on Wagner, the Seahawks, trying to end a five-game skid against the team who was the last team that they defeated, 57 to 52 back on January 21st, and we have the Battle of the St. Francis's as St. Francis Brooklyn takes on St. Francis University. But our feature game, and perhaps the game of the year, is the Sacred Heart Pioneers taking on the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. The top two teams in the standings with three weeks to go, go head-to-head -head in the season's most anticipated rematch. The Pioneers handed the Knights their first, and to this point, only conference loss back on January 21st in Fairfield, 71 to 62. The game featured five ties, 13 lead changes. And the final one was FDU leading 56-54 with nearly five minutes to go in the fourth. Nicira Pryor tied it with the layup 
And then almost a minute after that, Kelsey Wood gave the Pios the lead for good. Sacred Heart held on to win it. Pryor had 18 points, six rebounds, and six steals. It was the 100th NEC victory for Sacred Heart head coach Jessica Minetti. Now the Knights, they still haven't lost since that game. They've won five in a row in those five games, by the way. They've won by an average margin of 22.6 points. So they just didn't win all their games. They won all their games to leap over Sacred Heart by a game in the standings. Now, a win over Sacred Heart would clinch a first-round home playoff game for FDU, and that has been a significant advantage because going into Thursday night, FDU is 8-1 and one at the Rothman Center this year, 5-0 and oh against conference opponents. A win would also move FDU one step closer to clinching a second straight regular season championship. But on the other side, a Sacred Heart wins then ties them with FDU for first place, but they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker by virtue of a season sweep. So a significant inside edge on the number one seed on the line for Sacred Heart. FDU had won five straight meetings against the Pioneers until that game back in January. Sacred Heart looking to sweep FDU for the first time since the 2019 season. But the action doesn't stop there. We still have a Saturday slate. Central Connecticut will take on Stonehill. Sacred Heart will take on Merrimack. Now, this game for the Warriors is their lone conference game of the week. We mentioned they played Fisher. They'll play Hartford on Thursday. But this is their first conference game since last week's win over the Red Flash. They've won five in a row before Thursday night. Eight of their last nine included in that stretch is a 66-64 win over Sacred Heart back on January 19th, which was Sacred Heart's first conference loss this year. Merrimack, with this run over the last few weeks, has climbed to the top four in the standings, as we mentioned earlier. But if they can keep winning, why stop at number four? They can certainly take a step towards finishing higher, maybe top three, maybe top two. Who knows if they can earn a season sweep against Sacred Heart on Saturday. LIU will take on the Red Flash, and our feature game will be Saturday, 4 p.m., ESPN3 and SNY. Myself and Pam Roker will be on the call for the Wagner Seahawks and the FDU Knights. Now, a bit of the story of this game will be based off what happens on Thursday. Will Wagner be coming in following their first win in almost a month, stopping the bleeding and stopping a five-game losing streak? Or will they be coming in with, with that streak stretching to six? Then how about FDU? Will they have cemented themselves as a solid number one, building up a two-game lead over Sacred Heart? Or will they be coming in off a rare home loss looking to rebound two weeks ago in Staten Island. The Knights came away with a 67 to 50 win. That was our CBS sports network game. The game was won at the perimeter FDU shooting nine for 14 on offense while holding Wagner to three for 12 from the arc on defense Dahomey Ford just led the Knights with 14 points. One of four players in double figures, Alex Cowan led the Seahawks and all scorers with 22 it's Wagner. And FDU, the NEC's two preseason favorites, meeting for the second time this season on NEC TV, 4 p.m. Saturday, ESPN3 and SNY. Well, that'll just about do it for this week's show. We will see you Saturday afternoon on the banks of the Hackensack on NEC TV, myself and Pam Roker for the FDU Knights and the Wagner Seahawks. And of course, we'll see you right back here on the show to sort it all out next week right here on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. Until then, 
I'm Craig D'Amico. Enjoy the games, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.